And like you're saying, it's not the sale. Everything we've been talking about, like you obviously need to deal with everything too. You know, like you cannot just smoke a joint and expect life to. Yeah. There is a lot of times that if I don't deal with those things and I will smoke, yes, it'll give me that ease, but like, I still got it. Like I still got that stuff running in my mind. Might even come back even stronger. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's what it is, man. It's like when you get to that spot where you're really taking care of yourself and you're really doing the things you need to do, that's when cannabis is that beautiful. It's it's like that cherry on top, you know, it's like that, the sugar, it's like, here you go. (laughs) And it's like, okay, cool. We are back with another episode of the Human Up Podcast. My name is Victor Ung. Today I have on my guest, Bradley King, the cannabis coach. I am super excited to share this conversation that we had together about mental health, PTSD, uh, alcohol abuse, cannabis, um, and all that he's gone through in this journey here and how he's now helping others um, through his this this higher calling pun intended (laughs) with um, his cannabis coaching i had found his instagram when looking for other cannabis coaches having gone into this journey myself and really liked his content in terms of you know, breaking that stigma of that, you know, stereotypical stupid stoner, right? And um, really just adding a lot more positivity into people's lives with his content and also breaking that stigma of being a cannabis parent as well um, for those who use it to manage anxiety and PTSD. Um, there is a lot of shame when coming to use cannabis. And I also ran into his YouTube channel where he talked about PTSD and anxiety and felt it was totally relevant to bring him onto this podcast to talk more about these deeper struggles that so many of us don't talk enough about. You know, I, I don't think we have to experience very like deep trauma in order to have to you know learn to cope with these things i think we all have even more subtle traumas in our lives that really debilitate us and inhibit our behaviors and we're what we think we're capable of or what we want to do with our lives and without having that space to slow down to zoom out and really look at our lives and really prioritize our mental and emotional well-being it can be really easy to then feel like your life is just chaotic or or not going anywhere or really shallow so i'm really excited about what he's doing with his platform and i'm also even more excited to get into this episode with him um Before we get into it, though, I I do want to share a quick update with what I've been doing. Uh, I actually just hosted a free workshop for um, a couple people in learning about cannabis wellness and setting a more intentional practice around our consumption. And we just did it over a virtual Zoom call. And I am so grateful and honored to be able to provide this space for people to not only learn how to use cannabis um, 
but also set a more intentional practice around it to, to also develop more mindfulness around it. And so in the workshop, we set a, a, a toast with our cannabis and kind of expressed the gratitude for the plant medicine, as well as setting our own intention for the next, uh, for the rest of the, the workshop in what we were seeking to, uh, to, to work through in whatever was happening or, or present for us in, in our lives at the moment. One of the intentions from someone was to discover more of myself. The other was to be unfiltered. Another was to trust myself. It was just all these deeper things that I know so many of us do struggle with or, or face obstacles with on a day-to-day, -day, but sometimes when we get so caught up in the, the do, the do, the action, the get shit done, the hustle, we forget to zoom out and slow down and take a look at where we're actually going and whether or not we're happy with that trajectory, right? Whether or not we have the right skills to get there, whether we have the right mindset, the perspectives to really create the ideal life that we all want for ourselves. So I am just, I'm excited to keep this going. I, I decided for myself that I'm just going to host 10 of these workshops over the next, next five months. So every other Saturday at 7 p.m. Pacific, I am hosting this one and a half hour workshop to learn about cannabis wellness as well as emotional intelligence. If you're interested in attending one of these, they're free for now. Um, and, and donation based, but you can register for one of the events at bit.ly slash canna connections. So that's bit.ly slash C-A-N-N-A connections. Um, the link is also in the show notes. I am super stoked to be able to talk up with you, to sesh with you and, and help you find clarity in your next steps, wherever you are in your life. Um, while also developing more emotional awareness and the skill set to be able to bounce back from the more negative emotions so that it doesn't debilitate you or make you unproductive. Um, but, but combining that with cannabis and a more mindful practice, we can, we can really create amazing results for our lives. So we'll actually talk more about that in the rest of this episode with my guest Bradley King after a quick message from my sponsor. First off, thank you for being a listener of the Human Up podcast. I definitely have so much to say and express and all the things that I've experienced and observed throughout my life that I've honestly been cultured and, and kind of pressured to, to bite my tongue against. So I really love being able to use this platform and this medium as a podcast to do so. And it wouldn't be possible without Anchor.fm, which is the hosting platform I use to distribute this podcast. 
podcast. It's perfect for me right now because it's free and automatically distributes my episodes to all the different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And the cool part is that there are tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you don't even need any extra software or services to, to create the podcast. And you can even make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership by recording ads like this. So if you have a message to send and ideas to spread, definitely download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And who knows, maybe we can collab and create a, a podcast episode together. If you do end up creating one, you should definitely hit me up and, and we can do something there. With that, let's get back to the episode. All right, Bradley, this is super cool to have you on the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. Yes. Yeah. I um, I found you, you know, I think just through like a Google search or Instagram search of just like cannabis coach. And of course, <laughs> you know, you're, you got the good handle there. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I've been on this kind of journey in, in life coaching that, you know, I think my audience is pretty familiar with, but also exploring the cannabis side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really interested in how to use that as a tool to facilitate, you know, finding clarity or just talking about life in general. So I'm really excited to have you on. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's a big, it's a hot topic right now. So I'm excited to help break the stigma with it all and kind of introduce this new way of coaching to people, I guess. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know you, maybe share a little bit of your story, how you got into life coaching, how cannabis has played a role, and, and kind of like what you're working on. Yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Um, Bradley King, uh, you can find me on uh, social media as Cannabis Coach. Uh, that's on Instagram. And then I am on TikTok as Bradley King with an underscore. Um, both platforms I really use to try and be a mental health advocate. Um, that uses cannabis. (laughs) So my whole, I guess what my whole thing is about is breaking the stigma and showing people that you can be a parent, an active member of society. And, and honestly, you know, not trying to do my own horn, but a good person, Mm -hmm. um, and use cannabis at the same time. You know, I think there's been so much, you know, just, views on cannabis or as a lot of people know it as weed marijuana uh for years you know and we have seen anything from the extent of people getting arrested for having massive amounts of product on them to these really crazy you know stoner movies and these people just going on these crazy trips when they're on edibles and blah. and it gives people a really <laughs> interesting perspective of what yeah the plant of what plant medicine is you know Um, so I kind of started my journey a while ago. I've been kind of doing coaching, not exactly coaching per se, but similar to coaching for about the last 10 years. I've been helping people, uh, talking to them. Um, I was in recovery for a long time when I was in my youth because I went through a really intense, um, you know, substance abuse stage, not, not cannabis, but, you know, harder drugs. Um, I went, very alcoholic for a while too at like the age of 15 and uh to kind of sum that up i i had to get sober basically at the age of uh, 16 to get my life together so i went through a lot where i was able to um, help people at a very young age i had 
a year of sobriety um, by the age of 17. So by then I was like sponsoring people, which means basically I was helping people out in uh, 12 step recovery. And I was kind of help guiding people through like how to, you know, get a better life, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, a good friend of mine, you know, recommended to me that I should look into life coaching. And I was like, eh, I don't know about all that. I don't really want to listen to people's problems per se. <laughs> you know, like my, my biggest thing was like, thought it was a lot like therapy you know and I have a hard time um you know I think really diving into people's past and whatnot and I've never gone to school for that or anything so um but my good friend at the time explained to me that life coaching is helping guide someone you know in the present moment to just succeed for their future and I was like okay I will I you know asked him to explain a little more to me and you know what it really is and what I think life coaching boils down to is that there's a lot of people out there that just need guidance and need help Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people get stuck in life and they don't know what to do. So I think it's important sometimes for people to, you know, I guess hire other people or talk to other people and just try to get that um, motivation from others, you know, and that's what I try to be is I try to be that cheerleader for people. And I try to, you know, talk people up and get them from an insecure spot in their lives to feeling really good and waking up every day that and feeling like they can succeed and go for their goals. And um, I'm a really big believer in the fact that we are our own worst critic and we, we hold ourselves back at the end of the day. Um, and the only way I think to really push ourselves is to talk to ourselves consistently throughout the day. And, you know, just, again, just have that cheerleader mentality, but I'm sorry, I go on a little rant when I talk about life coaching, no, but I, totally. <laughs> that that's why you know coaching was really intriguing to me um as i wanted to be that person i wanted to be that motivator for people so yeah. um i started on my journey and then um i noticed when i was in recovery my mental health was um i found myself at a spot where i was taking um nothing to help my anxiety or my uh, ptsd from my past and i ended up basically at 7 years sober um or about almost almost eight years of sobriety, uh, resorting to cannabis to help my mental health. Um, again, it was one of those things that was recommended to me from a good friend. I was highly against it because I was in you know twelve step recovery, all the stigmas, everything that mm-hmm. I've experienced in my youth. Even you know, cannabis was so different fifteen years ago. Even um, the way that you know it was grown, the way that you know, obviously we all went through dealers back then. Like it was a it was a different ball game back then. So I was really nervous to try it. Um, and you know what cannabis did for me is it gave me that that moment where I was able to like relax up here, and my mind stopped racing for a moment, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "Wait, I'm not meditating." I'm not sitting there like deep breathing for like 30 because it takes some time, you know, to get this anxiety brain to stop running, you know? And um, that was my like first experience in years where I actually felt like calm for a while. So um, I ended up just kind of, you know, using it in my daily life at that point. And I started to use it as my medicine. And then I had a client of mine, a life coaching client at the time that asked if, um, I ever used cannabis. It was, it was really crazy. I was about three months into using it. And then I had this brand new client. We, we were just talking in the first appointment it up to me. And he was like, do you use cannabis at all? And I was like, yeah, I was like, I do. I do. He's like, would, would it be okay if I smoke right now? And I'm like, is it okay if I smoke right now? <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up just like making it a thing and it, and it turned into this beautiful 
conversation. And yeah. this man that was so insecure in the beginning of that talk was laughing and crying by the end, you know, and we were just having a great time. And I really felt like we had a breakthrough. And I remember getting off of that, um, you know, that video session with him. And I ran out to my husband and I was like, oh my God. I was like, this was amazing. You know, I gotta I keep like, doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I've never had this experience before. Yeah. Um, and you know, not every client, I'm not saying every client I use cannabis with because there's a lot of clients actually I don't use cannabis with. Right. Um, but cannabis, I think, has allowed me to open up in different ways with with my clients too, just in general. You know, um, it it helps me to not put myself on a pedestal when I'm talking to people. So it's very I'm able to be more humble. I'm way more open. I'm way more, you know, just, I spill my guts out more, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. and people really like that because they want to relate and they want to feel like somebody gets it. So it's allowed me to do that even just with the people that I don't use cannabis with, you know, um, it's a beautiful medicine to be honest with you. And I'm just grateful for what I've been able to do with it, the amount of people I've been able to help with it. Right now I can tell you all my clients and, and I are using cannabis. And I think it's just because of the pandemic, you know, I think yeah. we're all just going through a lot of stress, um, anxiety, and it's just helping out a lot of people right now. So it's, it's been really great, man. I've been, I've been on a really awesome journey this last, you know, couple months and, um, things are fortunately going really good in, in the coaching world. So I'm very blessed right now. That's awesome. I mean, Man, I want to go into so much there. Uh, so, I mean, I, I I hear that passion though for life coaching, and I and have that that same thing where, yeah, it's it's definitely the difference with that and therapy is that you're you're meeting them where they're at. That mm -hmm. you know, it's not necessarily fixing or anything. It's it's understanding and embracing that you know we're all humans and we all do have our own struggle in some way and and that it's okay to just reach across the aisle to to get the help that you need and that's it's not selfish to do so Absolutely. you know um and 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 i like what you said there too where it's like you know when we're kind of inside our own minds all the time it's um you know it it can get very exaggerated and you get a lot of a clouded sort of um thinking and and yep. um sometimes you do need that other person to just pull you out which it sounds like you had for yourself you know mm -hmm. with your friends who even helped you break out of this of your own kind of i guess i will say it is a almost a limited perspective right mm -hmm. like and and it helped you break out of that stigma that you had even with coaching and then mm -hmm. cannabis so it sounds like you've you've even gone through that journey of like just you know almost an, an awakening in a lot of just for lack of better words there but um so you know and I was watching a, a couple of your videos too you know it, and I really appreciate you being really open about your um your your anxiety and PTSD and, and about how cannabis is also helping that. Um, I guess maybe just share a little bit of that story of like what that's been like and and kind of how cannabis has played a role. How do you use it to manage um, those really deeper, more more traumatic side of things? Absolutely, and thank you for bringing that up. Um, 
this is a hard topic to talk about, but it's one of my favorite to talk about because I think it is so important. I'm going to probably get emotional, just FYI, um, because there's just so many people out there that go through this that are going through PTSD and anxiety and they just don't know what to do, you know, um, but to talk a little bit about my past, you know, I, I really did grow up. Um, I think my entire life just feeling insecure. I never really found a place where I felt a part of, you know, I didn't find that sports group or that club or that like, you know, group of friends we'd go hang out with on lunch. Like I didn't have that, you know, so I jumped around a lot as a kid trying to figure out where I belonged. Um, and I think that's where my anxiety started, you know, it, it started that social anxiety, right? Like just not being able to relate to people. Um, so that was, you know, right away. And I had that, you know, from up until I went into, you know, I still have it, but you know what I mean? Like, it's still just like that, that insecurity. I had it really, really bad up until I went into recovery. Um, and then my, my PTSD specifically, um, that has to do with the fact that I was 16 years old and I was molested by a, or not molested, I'm sorry, I actually was uh, physically raped by a uh, older gentleman. And it really put me into a downward spiral. Um, I ended up meeting up with this guy online to try and actually, <laughs> I hate to say it, but go get weed at the time. Again, this is like, you know, 15 years ago, um, but to go get weed and we met up and it was laced with something and we ended up smoking it and I got really numbed out and he took full blown advantage of me. And then that's when my anxiety almost went to that point of panic uh, disorder. So I went from having like crazy anxiety to like panic disorder anxiety. So everything started to turn into like a panic attack for me. When I would start freaking out about money, if I freaked out about school, going to work, like it was to the point where like I was seizing up and had to like hold my body really tight to like, just try to make it feel okay. You know, like that feeling just like, like stop, 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 you know? And it was insane to me. Um, and, you know, when I first got sober, um, again, I didn't have cannabis right away, you know, at 16 when I first got sober. So I spent that first seven years really trying to deal with my mental health, honestly, just on a spiritual level. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't say it besides that I meditated like crazy. I was meditating probably about two to three times a day. Um, I was doing hour long, you know, meditation sessions at least twice a week just to try to get calm. Um, it was brutal. I don't want to say like I was miserable for seven years because I had a lot of really great experiences growing up in recovery and I really grew up and I, I gained a lot of principles and morals and I traveled the world and I met a lot of really cool people and I got to speak all over because I was young and I was sober and it was a really, really great experience, but it literally was like every year, it just kind of got worse for me, if that makes sense. I had to do more every year to keep myself sane. Um, so it was hard. And, you know, the people that I surrounded myself with in recovery at the time didn't recommend medication. And I know not everybody's like that in 12 step recovery. Um, but the people I was with didn't even recommend, you know, anxiety pills or anything like that. So I was just dealing with this completely sober and it was really, really hard. Um, and kind of like I was talking about a little bit, you know, that my first experience of diving back into, you know, medical cannabis and having my mind you know, be silent for that first time, like was unreal to me, you know, like just that feeling of like, I remember I, I smoked a, a couple bowls with like, it literally was like, I haven't smoked. We didn't smoke. Okay. I'm going to tell you guys. So <laughs> we didn't smoke for like eight years. You know, I didn't smoke for eight years. My husband at the time never even tried it. And we knew a couple friends of ours, you know, that 
that used it, you know? So this was, how long ago is this now? About five, six years ago now, back in like 14, 2014. Um, so I was like, you know, dealing with all my mental health issues, blah, 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 blah. They were like, you should try it. You should try it. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to do it. You know? So we sat there in the backyard and we smoked a little bit and we didn't feel it. And then they brought over some edibles. So we tried some edibles. We still weren't feeling it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So then I went and smoked and then you know, in a matter of like, you know, 10 minutes, it was like, boom. And don't get me wrong. It was definitely a little much that first time, but I did experience that, you know, that sense of like, I still had control with my body and what I was doing, but like, I felt like that, like, again, like that calmness. And like, you know, for those of you that have smoked before, just that feeling of being high, you know, Mm -hmm. and your body relaxing and your body just like not freaking out. And I was just like, okay, this is cool. You know, like it was just so different than when I was 16, you know, I just remember it being so different. Um, so that actually, and and that's what I was going to ask, like, you know, that I, I, I guess I don't want to project, but I would imagine that that would be very hard to, you know, as when you first smoked and it being laced and having that experience to then like having to do it again, like what was, that difference maybe it's it's having your husband there maybe it's like what what was that shift for you to start embracing cannabis uh cannabis again absolutely so you know i i basically i I smoked weed from i hate calling it weed but you know like that's really what it was to me back when i was like 13 um i smoked it from basically 13 to 16 on and off and then my last time smoking it in my youth was when it was laced um and then i only probably used again for like a couple more months after that, but I was using the harder drugs and stuff before I got into sobriety. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me, what happened to me is I had to realize that doing that stuff in my youth, I was, I was in a way different spot in my life. You know, first off, all I knew was to overconsume. I never knew about microdosing. I never understood how to properly use use the plant you know um it was just over consuming it was like let's smoke bowl after bowl after bowl after bowl after you know and then it would just go crazy and i'm a big believer that if you really do over consume all the time it it can make your mental health worse um if you don't deal with everything else that you deal with and you're smoking those really strong strains you know all the time like it's just it's going to drive you a little bonkers um so you know that's kind of what i had to remember is that when i was 16 I, i was so different you know, and I, I'll be honest with you, man, I really needed that seven years of sobriety, I think, to really mm-hmm. get things in perspective. Because again, I was I was using from 13 to, you know, right before I got sober at 16. So that's like a, that's like three years of just like cloudiness and fogginess and like doing horrible things. And like, you know, it's like, I really needed that moment of like growing up. So I'm going to say to anybody, especially that, you know, because I know there's parents out there I talk to that they're like, how old are you? Are you going to let, you know, how old is your kid going to be when you let him smoke? Hmm. And I'm like, that's not what it's about. It's all about a level of maturity, you know, because when I was 13, 14, 15, I was, or it's, you know, 16, honestly, even like 17, 18, when I was sober, I still was not at that level of maturity of like ready to use it, you know, because I didn't understand it. Um, but, you know, it just, it gave me that, that, that sobriety time gave me that time to, pull my, you know, head out of my ass basically. (laughs) And, you know, using it again, I think it was the fact that I, you know, my life, 
to be honest with you, was is was very different. Like, so when I started using cannabis again, I've I've been married to my husband at that time for three months. So we like just got married. We also um, just moved in together. About a, we were together total for about three years at that time. Um, we owned a house. We were actually just about to start being uh, foster dads. Um, so my kid was about to come into my life at the time. Um, but I don't know, like I owned a house, I was married, I had a car, I had a really good job. Like things were just, you know, and I'm not saying you need all these materialistic things. That's not what I'm trying to say, but I, I, I was just growing up, mm-hmm. you know, like that's what it is at the end of it all is like, you need to be at that spot where you really do feel pretty grown up to be able to take on this plant medicine, you know, unless you're seriously going through some hardcore medical stuff, then like, that's different. You know what I mean? Like right. those, those people that are really dealing with cancer and the kids that need it. And I think that's, that stuff is amazing that, that it can be used for those people, you know, but I think for people like us with the anxiety and we're trying to use it to, for that, I think you definitely need to be older. Um, well, so yeah, I, just, I guess what I, what I hear is like, it, it does mean it does have like a, a sense of, um, you know, you just have to have a sense of your own stability, you know, when, well, yeah. Right? It's like, it's a lot of like, actually, you know, kind of like what you were talking about um, earlier too. And I, I have it on my question here. I know we're gonna talk about it at some point, but that emotional intelligence, right? that's right. so crucial to have before you really venture into, into it, you know? So I had that at that point, you know, I had that emotional intelligence and I understood my feelings and I understood what to do when I got sad. And, you know, if I was mad or whatever, you know, like I understood mm-hmm. my thoughts, I guess. I understood how I worked. (laughs) So, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing to understand how your mind and your, and how you're going to react to things before you really venture into it. So yeah. And I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful, man. I'm grateful that I was at that spot before I ventured back into it. You know, I'm honestly super grateful. My parents like put me in recovery, gave me that time to, you know, really, you know, just get everything together. But I don't know. It was a blessing whenever I hit that spot, because again, I had all that materialistic stuff, but like I was saying before I was miserable, you know, like my mind really was racing. So I needed something. And I appreciate you bringing all that up, you know, to that last point where, where even, even the things, even when things are seemingly good on the outside, you have that house, you have that car and maybe even that great relationship or whatever, uh, there could be something still missing internally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or just, um, yeah, just something that's intangible, more invisible that is missing. And yeah. a lot of us don't necessarily know, you know, either how to address that or how, uh, like, even first of all, be aware of it, but then how to like go into the path of searching for something like that. And th- and this is, you know, this is maybe where a lot of spiritual and, and religious people go into, right? I, I'm not, I'm not religious, but um, I do have some belief in a spirituality or some type of, you know, energy at least. Um, but anyway, uh, what I wanted to ask though was what does emotional intelligence mean to you? And, and thanks for bringing that up. Like what is, what does EQ even mean to you? First of all. Absolutely. So what, Emotional intelligence means to me is, is literally being aware of, it's not letting yourself go in downward, downward spirals, um, unnecessarily, I guess, is, is what 
I've come to with it. You know, I remember when I was 16 and I was just getting sober and I had like kind of like my first mental breakdown, right? So like my first kind of like mental breakdown in sobriety. I had nothing to turn to. I, had, I didn't have my Coke to run to or my alcohol or, you know, like I didn't have any of that. So I was just like, like what is happening? And, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it, it felt like all that, you know, anxiety again from when I was like 13, you know, of like not having my place again. And um, it was, it was really crazy. And what someone explained to me is that right now, what I was, what I was feeling in that moment was I was feeling anger and I was feeling anxiousness and I needed to recognize that I was feeling anger and anxiousness. And I was like, why am I angry? And they're like, you're angry because you're sober. Mm. And I'm like, why am I anxious? And I'm like, because you don't want to be sober. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you're right. <laughs> you know, but like the second they pointed that out to me and they made me realize why I was feeling what I was feeling, that mental breakdown kind of started to calm down a little bit. You know, like I, I was still, you know, having my moment, but like things felt a little more. I was like, okay, that's what's going on. You're good. And then when you realize what those feelings are, you're able to talk yourself down and you're able to like start to calm down and relax. And, um, you know, it took me many years, I think, to understand that being sad isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think everyone has, that's honestly, it's a mental health stigma that it's bad to be sad, you yeah. know, like it's, that's not, a, not bad. I'm sorry. That's not okay to be sad, you know, that we should all have that face on and everything's fine. And, um, I'm sure some people do think it's actually bad to be yeah. sad. Yeah. 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 You know, a lot of people do, a lot of people really, you know, you see it in movies and stuff where people will get sad and they're like, no, no, pull it together, pull it together. Right. You know, like, and they'll smack right. themselves. and like, keep your chin up. Uh, everything. It'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. Fake it till you make it, you know, yeah. like that kind of stuff, which isn't a, yeah, I don't know. I'm not trying to like knock on people's sayings and stuff, but the reality is, is that I don't think it's not healthy to live that way. I don't think it's not healthy to have those spurts of anger and not recognize why you're having them, mm-hmm. you know, and, or if, if you are constantly sad, not trying to figure out the core problem to why you're crying every day, you know, like, and it's, it's, it's so, it's so sad that people really do feel like they have to live that way every single day. You know, a lot of my clients, that's a lot of what I'm coaching on is, is that emotional intelligence and showing them, I understand you're, you know, feeling that depression right now and you're feeling that, that weakness inside, you know, but that's normal to feel that way, you know, like you are not alone in this. And that's what it is, right? As people feel like they're so alone. Yeah. And it gets hard, you know, like we're talking about when you get into that materialistic spot, you know, when you get to that stage in your life that you feel like you need to just have this front. Um, but yeah, I just I think it's 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 crucial to recognize that it's okay to to feel. Yeah. It's not bad to feel. Right. You know, and I just want everybody to know that listening to this, that emotional intelligence isn't this huge, like crazy thing. It's just knowing it's okay to feel and really? it's okay to feel yeah. multiple feelings, but just recognize your feelings when they come up and deal with them appropriately and take action on them quickly. If you need to, you know, don't let yourself just sit in the hard ones, you know? Yeah. No. And and I like that definition that, that EQ is, just being okay to feel, you know, and, and knowing how to respond to that. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm curious then how did, you know, in the development of your own emotional intelligence, you know, how did, 
how did how did you develop it what what or who facilitated that for you um you know how did you come to that realization that you you you're not alone either yeah absolutely so in my recovery uh program that i was in um the gentleman that helped me out he was he wasn't necessarily a licensed uh drug abuse counselor per se but he was a life coach um and he just really kind of helped me recognize everything um he guided me down the path and honestly it took multiple like i was saying like multiple mental breakdowns <laughs> yeah. like it just did yeah it just, it just it took multiple breakdowns it really did too it took that like crying all the time and i don't know because the reality is is like when you start to recognize them um life just kind of starts to happen <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was like life got a little more intense for me you know when i was sober and i didn't have medication to help you know and um i don't know i'm I'm very grateful for that man though because he really did show me that it was okay you know he, he i mean he rubbed my back i can't even tell you how many times you know just and he was like dude it's okay like it's okay to be sad i would be sad too if my you know parents said that to me or you know he he recognized what i would feel and i would just be like you do you know and just that like okay i'm not alone yeah so yeah um did you what was that like internal resistance for you? Maybe actually both internal two part questions, kind of internal resistance and maybe external resistance from, uh, you know, going down this path of like inner exploration. Yeah. I think, you know, the biggest thing with the internal, um, was that it was, it was very nerve wracking for me to like live this real life. I guess, I don't know how to say that, but like, you know, from age 13 to 16, like, again, I was in that really cloudy, Mm -hmm. like I was comfortable with chaos is what I like to basically say. So when I was first getting sober, like that was like, you know, or not even, I hate saying like getting sober, but like, you know, when I was first just starting to recognize like that was the whole issue with it was like that, just that internal, like, you know, oh, but life's not crazy right now. I kind of wanted to be crazy though. You know, like I mm, wanted it to kind yeah. of get chaotic again because that's what I was so used to. You thrive in that. Yeah. I thrived exactly because that made me feel alive at the time, you know, to be in that chaos. So that was hard. Um, it gets really hard to like, just be like, okay, I'm actually going to like be a real human and start to be a good person and deal with my shit. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> like this is crazy. Um, and then I think externally to, you know, I just didn't want that panic disorder to come back, and yeah. it, but it did, you know, dealing with those feelings and, and letting stuff be real and dealing with stuff that you've never dealt with before, you know, right. that, but you have felt for years, like it's, that honestly takes a big toll on your body. Um, and I don't like to feel that. A lot of people don't like to cry. They don't like to feel that feeling of crying, you know? Yeah. Well, actually, and, and that, that's where I would get curious there is like, you know, in going into that path how do you not let that also just consume you you know how do you not let going into maybe you know exploring I guess I will say like kind of darker areas to not let it just because I know like a lot of people especially I think in western culture you know we really really don't like anything that makes us uncomfortable or unfamiliar or or whatnot like you know, talking about things like even just coming to terms with death and even, you know, to that level. So uh, how do you not let it consume you? You know, how do you, how do you manage that? That's really when 
I think the positivity and the cheerleading aspect comes in, you know, like where you really have to, this is where that, that pushing yourself to like the fullest extent, like you need to stop limiting yourself. Like we were saying, you know, like people really limit their minds, like what they can handle, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what they can do to really push themselves. Um, and that's honestly, like, that's what my life coach taught me. And that's what I would want to teach everybody listening to this right now is that when you fall down that rabbit hole, like you have, like, that is the time, like that is the time you have to talk to yourself more than ever. And you have to be like, Brad, get up now. Like, what are you doing? Get up. This isn't worth it. Stop it. You know? And like, or just to that extent of like, Brad, it's okay. It's okay to feel what you're feeling. It's not a bad thing. Like, you're all right, man. It's, you know, and like those conversations are hard because you start to feel kind of like crazy sometimes, right? Because you're mm-hmm. talking to yourself, but how else are you going to do it? You know, if you do have a coach, if you do have somebody in your life that you can turn to, I highly recommend using them. Um, if you are falling down that rabbit hole, try to get to that conscious spot in your life where you can be like, you know, I need to pick up the phone and I need to call somebody right now. And mm-hmm. I, I really need to share what I'm going through mm-hmm. um, because that safety net is important, you know, and I make sure to have that safety net in my life. Um, you know, and if you don't have a lot of friends, if you don't have a lot of people to turn to, there's a lot of mental health groups out there that will help people for you, you or like help people like you and will help each other because they're going through the same thing. There's the suicide hotline um, you can call when you're having a hard time, you know, and they'll just be your, they'll just pump you up too. And they'll be like, okay, well, what's going on? Tell me, talk to me, you know, yeah. and they'll let you vent and you can get it out and they'll give you guidance what to do. And, um, so I don't know, there's a couple, there really is a couple different ways to get out of it, you know, but again, it's that stop limiting yourself and push yourself mm-hmm. to do one of those, you know, or you're going to just let yourself sit in it at the end of the day is what it is. It really is a choice. It's you choose to do. So especially in the beginning, when you're starting to venture into that, like figuring it out again, if you can lean on somebody during it, like, please do, you know, if yeah. you can get a coach, if you can even just your spouse or like a best friend is a, is great too, you know, Um, just to talk to about it all. Totally. And, and it's really important to be mindful of even those relationships that you have too, right? Like, um, you know, of course, if you do have that person to lean on, it's amazing, but also know that like, you know, maybe they aren't exactly, I know like a lot of people just either just don't have the you know the skills or the capacity or the patience you Mm -hmm. know so um it is a balance of like not throwing everything uh on on the people like you don't want to burden people but also know that like you don't have to be alone either yeah you know so So um, yeah that cheerleading aspect that's when that really it's so crucial, you know, and doing something in the moment that'll kind of help you get your mind off of it. You know, if you're getting in that downward spiral, talk to yourself, like, no, it's okay. Let's get up. Let's do a quick meditation. Let's go step outside, breathe out some fresh air, you know, like just get yourself to do something else other than Mm -hmm. just sit in that, you know, because that's what we're doing. That's that comfortable in chaos is like, we start to get in it and we sit in it and we loathe. And then we're like, and now then we're cool with it at that point. We're like, okay, I'm just going to feel like shit all day, you know, and we don't mean to do it, but we do. Yeah. So then how, 
I'm sure cannabis then helps a lot with that. Uh, yes. how, I was going to wait for does, you to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you know what? Um, I, I, every time I talk about this too, I want to make sure that it's not about, you know, using this as a cure-all or like magic yes. pill, but yeah. How do you, how do you then incorporate cannabis with more intention? How do you, how do you balance that with the, the other like more mindfulness practices that you have? Absolutely. And like you're saying, it's not the say all everything we've been talking about, like you obviously need to deal with everything too. You know, like you cannot just smoke a joint and expect life to. Yeah. And sometimes it happens, right? Sometimes you really do go through those moments and you smoke and you're like, okay, like, this is cool. And like, whatever. But there is a lot of times that if I don't deal with those things and I will smoke, yes, it'll give me that ease, but like, I still got it. Like I still got that stuff running in my mind. Might even come back even stronger. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's what it is, man. It's like when you get to that spot where you're really taking care of yourself and you're really doing the things you need to do, that's when cannabis is that beautiful you know, addition, you know, and like when I am like, okay, I'm having a panic attack. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go relax. I'm going to go meditate. I'm going to get my you know thoughts together. And I'm going to smoke a joint. You know, like I get to throw it in there with it. And it's that good addition. It's mm-hmm. like that total calming effect. It's, it's like that cherry on top, you know, right, it's like right. that, the sugar, it's like, yeah. here you go. <laughs> and it's like, okay, cool. Um, and I, I think, you know, especially when I have like panic attacks and stuff, like there's times like I will go outside just to like, you know, do some breathing exercises and I will smoke a couple bowls just to like yeah. get myself to like calm down. And I'm doing everything that I need to do at that time. You know, um, you know, maybe I didn't try calling somebody, but I am talking to myself. I am trying to get myself through the emotions or whatever feelings I'm going through. But, and then that is also a time where I'm like, okay, let's smoke. And it, it does what it needs to do for me. You know, it's, it's being aware of it. You know, if you are thinking about venturing into cannabis, you know, I always recommend just to start off light. I don't ever think people need to go into it. Just like, you know, dive in, you know, like let's just smoke it all and let's eat it all. And no, 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 like (laughs) take your time because you can always do more, right? Like that's, that is the reality of cannabis Um, (laughs) is if you don't get enough, you can always do more and then you will feel it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's just, I don't know, man, like, it's just, it's, it's incredible for me, like, especially those anxiety moments, because yeah. right now during the pandemic, like, there's just not much we can do, you know, right. like, there's, right. so when I have those moments of, of just getting anxious at my house, like, I can't go, I can't, I mean, I can call people, but what is it, what is calling my friend going to do that's also experiencing it? Yeah. Like, sometimes it does stuff, right? And we can, we can talk and we can conversate, but like, not every time is it going to be this there have been times I've called friends. I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I'm going crazy. They're like me too. And then we're just like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> it's like, what else do we talk about? So, you know, it's, it's really nice right now to just kind of, it helps me just to kind of be more relaxed, you know, just by, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like I have to go do things that yeah. person. Like I always want to do stuff. No, I love it. And there's, there's a lot of science even behind it, right. Where cannabis, uh, is has a direct connection to what researchers have discovered is the endocannabinoid system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still I'm still doing all the research of for myself, but like, um, you know, this there's this whole network within our bodies that help maintain like homeostasis, help maintain balance, mm-hmm. to help us relax and sleep and uh, forget. You know, um, which is crucial is what I heard there is like really being able to let go of 
the worries of the anxieties of um you know even parts of sadness or anger or any frustrations right it's helping just stay present um Mm -hmm. and really understanding that that's all we have you know um absolutely and and I think like, yeah, cannabis just really helps facilitate that. And, you know, I I could totally imagine my older self listening to me right now. It's like, oh my gosh, what a hippie. But um, <laughs> it's, it's so important, right? Like to, um, to realize that like, you know, yeah, just stay in the present and to differentiate what you, what you do have control over versus what you don't. Yeah. Um, it's important to know that there's alternatives. Yeah. To to help with how you're feeling, I think, you know, because there's so many people that don't realize that there is medicine out there that's not a pill mm-hmm. that can help you, you know, because a lot of people don't want to get on those pills. They don't want to get numbed out. And that was my whole experience is at one point um, when I actually started using cannabis again, um, I debated on trying um, anxiety, anti-anxiety pills. So I did. And it, it got me really numbed out. It got me to that stage where I felt kind of just like, and every now and then, um, I actually do have some that I will take if I need to. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing either, but you know, I take a very light dose nowadays. Um, just if it's, if my anxiety is really high, but I just know, you know, a lot of people go through really intense mental illnesses and there is a lot more panic disorder out there than we realize. There's so many people out there that have panic attacks, you know, um, and they don't a lot of people don't want to be numbed out so yeah that's just, yeah. that's what it's about it's just about really educating that there's other alternatives there's healthier alternatives there's because like i said i i've never smoked enough to the point where i don't feel like me mm-hmm. you know or i've never taken enough where i'm like that conked out where i'm like totally just like <laughs> like it's not how it is you yeah. know like it's, i'm very conscious when i'm medicated still but it, it's helping me at the same time so right yeah right and it's it's balancing that just more intentional practice around it exactly and just figuring out what works for you everyone's body is different everyone handles things differently like i take cbd tinctures in the morning i smoke cannabis throughout the day um but at nighttime i don't really smoke that much you know like a lot of times that's when people will really go to town um is that nighttime but i when I'm at home and I'm watching TV, I maybe smoke a bowl and then I'm kind of done, you know? So I know you just kind of find what works for you and what works for your daily habits and what you're comfortable with. Well, this has been amazing. I want to be conscious of our time here because we could go on for hours, but uh, I just, I I (laughs) like to do another one. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, It's because, yeah, I mean, just being in this space, you know, right. We keep, talking about here like conscious cannabis use being more intentional and and i think that's the perfect combination to combine with life coaching um to to really you know help use cannabis as a tool to facilitate us like you know at least getting to a balanced state a present state and then work from there you know um and that's really well what life coaching is about too like getting us to that state to then you know you know help um be more future focused and have that vision uh while also balancing maybe all the anxieties that come from being too future focused too but uh (laughs) uh 
Um, so I just, yeah, it's such an interesting space and I'm, I'm glad you're in it. Uh, you Thank you. I'm glad you're in it too, man. You know, like with the life coaching and like, we need people, we need people like us, you know, that really care and are willing to guide you because there's, again, there's just so, there's more people than we can even realize that need the help, you know? Yeah. Um, and again, a lot of people don't need that therapy aspect too right. you know they don't need that diving into the past they just need somebody to help push them from here on out you know right. so right. it's a great profession to look into and i really think that if anyone is even considers it i highly recommend doing it it's just the thing is and you and i both know life coaching is it really is um it'll pay off if you work hard for it you know mm-hmm. but it is hard hard work to make it a profession you know like oh, a full a full-time <laughs> a full-time profession you know yeah Um, because you are trying to get clientele and you are basically, you are your boss and you're, you know, selling yourself constantly and whatnot. But if you have that hustle and just that mentality to help people, because that's really what it is for me. It's like, I have that hustle because I want to help. Um, you know, it's, it really is a great profession, but if you also like just want to do it on the side too, it's a great profession, you know, just to help people and, um, in this way. And also too, if you do feel like you're a spiritual leader of some sort, um, and if you feel like you have that life experience, you can always look into other programs. You don't necessarily have to become a certified life coach to be a life coach, you Mm -hmm. know? So Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's a great, it's a great, you know, thing to do. And I'm just grateful for you. And I'm grateful for everyone else that, you know, helps the community because I'm sure you feel it too, but you know, I'm, I'm very, I I get very, (laughs) emotional with people so um again this is this is how i thrive now you know like i thrived yeah. off of the the chaos for a long time but i thrive off of of that feeling of people saying oh my god thank you brad yeah. you know like that's my like <gasps> okay <laughs> like, that's my bread and butter like i'm that's good great. you know then i love that um uh actually before we end i i usually do like an end segment where we go through quickly like the five core emotions okay um but every time i do it it ends up being like a whole other conversation so we'll see if we can <laughs> it's okay if we do i think but uh we'll see how how fast so um just going through each emotion to like share maybe a quick experience or a story or even just your own perspective mm-hmm. around that emotion sure. um and and we'll just kind of see what comes up so That'd be awesome Yes, we'll start with uh, anger. Okay. <laughs> so an experience with anger? It's just an experience with it or just how you handle it or maybe what's your perspective around it or how you deal with it. Yeah. I think anger is healthy. Um, I think that we all we all get mad is the reality. I hate when people say, I don't get mad. I'm like, oh, stop. Like, we <laughs> all get mad. Like, we all have those moments of irritation or... Um, just being upset with something, you know, but the beauty of anger I've noticed is that it will, I don't want to say go away at some point, but it will lessen. So like, there's a lot of times I've noticed, like when those feelings are really high, it's just in that moment. But if I take a second to breathe, relax, step back and say, hold on again, like, you know, that emotional intelligence and like, why am I angry right now? I can normally always recognize it and then it starts to calm down at that point, you know, but I think it is a healthy emotion because we all need to get a little upset sometimes. And it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not a bad thing. Things do happen in this world that get us, you know, and not even just like in our personal relationships, but just like stuff we see on the media or stuff that's with the pandemic, you know, like it's okay 
to get angry, you know, but just give yourself that second before you go and like react on somebody, you know, like give yourself that moment of just like breathing and just like, you know, just like, okay, hold on, hold on. Like, why am I mad? Right. <laughs> no. And that's really interesting that you brought up. Like people do say like, Oh, I don't get mad, but it's, 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 it's maybe a different version of anger mm-hmm. that, that you just haven't tapped into. Maybe it's not like this, fire boiling you know anger that like is, like you know like those movies that, ah, yeah like exactly yeah but you, you have that form like we right. all get that form of irritation or right. something you know yeah and that's okay it's not a bad thing it's healthy to feel that for sure and and maybe that is related to the next emotion uh disgust mm-hmm. or or shame that's a hard one um i think shame is one of those that you definitely need to deal with um kind of on a little more personal of a level. So I think disgust and shame is one of those, like, so it depends how you're feeling it, right? So if, like, if you're disgusted with somebody else, I don't know, like, that's a hard one, right? Like, if you're disgusted with someone else or if you're, like, disgusted or ashamed with yourself, like, yeah. those are very different. Um, I think when it comes to, like, being disgusted with others, I've noticed that there's just really nothing... <sighs> I don't know. I hate getting this personal, but I'm going to be this personal right now. So like everything with the pandemic, obviously I live over here in Huntington beach and it's, I don't want to say I'm disgusted in my community right now, but it's hard to watch what everybody's doing with this whole protesting by the beach and like thousands of people getting together when there's like hundreds of people dying in the hospitals just down the street from them. Like it just, I don't understand that concept. Like I get, we all need to go out. Life needs to get normal again, but like we have dates set for that to happen, you know? Yeah. So like, it's just, it's hard, man, for me to watch that kind of stuff when I'm just right. like, dude, like you don't understand, like people are putting, my mom's a nurse. So I am one of those people that I hear about it firsthand. I hear when her cases double, when they triple, when she's freaking out because she's like, why is everyone out in public? Oh my gosh. Now we're going to get so many more people at our hospital and so many mm-hmm. more cases. And you know, like that's, mm-hmm. um, you know, when it comes to like, that kind of like shame, I guess, with like other people or like in a community or something like that. Like at the end of the day, the only person you can control is yourself, you know? So like that can only take you so far to feel that kind of emotion, you know? And when you get to that spot where you realize, you know, all I can control is me, like I'm not down there with them. Like then you start to get to that, like, I don't want to say like pityness per se, but I, I do almost pity those people. Like I'm like, you know, okay like you feel like you have to do that fine right you know it's like if you see like really disgusting things online or stuff it's like and that really grosses you out it's like you know okay if that's what you feel like you have to do that's what you have to do so you have to get to that accepting spot with like other people i guess you know i'm trying to kind of like incorporate this i guess um (laughs) but i think especially when it comes to like shame and disgust in yourself like kind of what i was saying that's what you really should deal with on a personal level because you like i know when i went through my whole um you know, situation when I was 16 with that guy, I felt very, very ashamed and disgusted in myself for years, you know, but and I think the only way to get over some of that kind of stuff really is to deal with it on a personal level. So, you know, getting a therapist, getting a coach, talking to people about that kind of stuff, you know, and just, and getting past whatever kind of stuff is, is making you feel that, mm-hmm. feel that shame. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's a deeper emotion that it is. a lot of us don't really just are not aware of or or see or deal with on a day to day basis. But 
and it's bad, you know, especially like body shaming and stuff that's yeah. huge in our community, you know, and like, I don't know, it's just, but we all, we all feel that stuff, you know, again, it's one of those things like no one's alone in this world. Like yeah. it's, it's, I hate, it's so sad when people feel that like alone with it yeah. all because I'm like so many even me like I'm a skinnier guy and I still get that body of shame and I get yeah. weird and I like don't want to you know take my shirt off and or when I do take my shirt off I'm judging myself like 20 times you know mm-hmm. like over and over like it's just that's just how it is it is it's that really personal feeling that we should all deal with personally yeah I mean that's a whole another topic you know I was kind of exploring is just you know men's health and and body shaming too that men do feel that it's not just a female or a woman's thing but that's a yeah. whole nother thing so uh <laughs> how about uh, next podcast yeah exactly <laughs> uh sadness sadness uh I, i'm gonna kind of go with this one with anger i think sadness is is so important to feel to cry and to get that that emotion on its that's that, that emotional awareness you know like that's what people have told me like that's when my coach at the time told me like when I was having all my mental breakdowns in the beginning of really recognizing it all like he was like it's okay to cry like if if anything that's almost like the healthiest of it all you know just to like get that sadness and just like that you know just to cry and uh, you know sadness is so different than like that anger and the disgust you know like sadness can be because we have somebody you know pass away you know, in our family or sadness can be because we lost our job or, you know, sadness can lead into all those other emotions. But again, it's another important one that I think, you know, if we just allow ourselves to just be, I don't know, to be crybabies, I guess at times, like it's, it's, it's good. It's good to do that. I love crying. (laughs) (laughs) I get a lot out of crying when I cry with somebody too, especially during like a coaching session, because she's like, you know, like when they'll talk to me about something really sad, like with their family or, you know, I have this one lady right now um, that's dealing with something really personal with her spouse. And like, we always cry over it. And it's just like, but then we like feel so good afterwards, you know, and I'm always yeah. like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I feel good. And I'm like, me too. You know, <laughs> like, it's just, it's how it is to yeah. be sad. It's not a bad. Well, actually, and I um, wanted to throw out there just that, you know, that's, I think there's also a difference with that in coaching versus therapy where, you know, you can be in coaching. It's like, you're just another human being, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of just my conversations with other therapists and, um, you know, in or outside of therapy that they get a sense of like having to be a certain type of uh, just persona or, or maybe not persona, but at least like, you know, it's that like they're like more I don't want to say like <laughs> professional per se right, but like right. it, it is that like they won't let you in on their lives kind of exactly. vibe it's very yeah. like let me have this business persona exactly. professional yep and I've had some amazing therapists but like it's still that vibe where it's like they don't really let you in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of people crave is they want that like relatability yeah with people you know they want yeah. to feel like you actually understand them because therapists would just say yeah I get what you're going through and I'm like how do you get it you know and like they would tell me like you know I went through similar stuff when I was a kid and it's like okay you know but like I really try and like when people are really going through things that I get you know I won't go into this huge tangent but I will really go into like why I relate and what I went through and people love that yeah they love that they need that they need that sense of like connection yes 
Yeah. And I, that's what I love being about a coach too. Um, yeah. uh, f- uh, fear. Ooh, I think fear. So for a long time, I thought fear was, um, so in recovery, they talk about it as false, um, events appearing real. Mm. So basically like, like we, we create all this fear for ourselves, you know, um, I've kind of learned though, I think throughout my years <laughs> that I think sometimes fear is good because it will keep you out of some things that you won't expect to, you know, like that, that you shouldn't have done or you should, right. right. Like there's that fear, like, should I maybe be bungee jumping today? I don't know. <laughs> like, should I be jumping out of this plane and skydiving? I don't know. Yeah, no, it is a survival mechanism. It, right? It's a survival like, mechanism, right? So yeah. there is those times, like, it's really important to like, listen to that, like your brain when it's like, uh, uh, uh like, yeah. hold on. <laughs> um, so I think that's really important with fear, but I think fear is also really important to walk through, especially when like, I can, the only thing I can really think of is like speaking engagements for me. Like mm. that's when it really, like that's when my anxiety is like full blown. It's like right before I go up to speak in front of a crowd, I'm always like, <gasps> like, I feel like my, you know, there's an apple lodged in my throat. Like my heart's racing like crazy. Um, I get all sweaty. You know, I get to that spot where I'm like, I just, I need to turn around. You know, like I can't do this. Um, and then it's, and every time I like push myself to go up there, I start talking within five minutes or so, you know, it's like the heart rate stops, you know, or, you know, it's not stop, but slows down and, right. um, you know, the breathing calms down and then you got this flow going and everything's feeling good. And I'm like, okay, I got this. And then you leave that talk feeling like a million bucks, you know what I mean? <laughs> and you're just like, dude, I did so good. I don't even know if I made sense, yeah. but I got up there and I did it and I feel fucking proud. You know, yeah. like that's what walking through fear does. Give you awesome. that, that feeling yeah no that's cool I, and you know and what i hear though is like fear is always gonna happen it sounds like even no matter how many speaking engagements you do you're you, you still feel it you know and and then it's about like how do you how do you walk into that i like how you said that so mm-hmm. um lastly you be a cheerleader you know that's yeah your, exactly that's your cheerleader time where you're like all right i got this bitch don't be yep. scared <laughs> let's do this <laughs> um and then lastly but not least joy 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 it's probably the best emotion um (laughs) i'm just kidding but you know i think joy is one of those like i've noticed okay so this is gonna sound a little like kind of dark but i don't mean it in a dark way but i think we know like things aren't good all the time you know like joy doesn't happen all the time right like there's not every day is this happy day um there's honestly there's some days especially right now for people that it's just kind of like a do 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 kind of day like there's really nothing exciting happening so joy and like that excitement when that comes up that's that emotion that you need to like hold and cherish like if there's any emotion i mean they're all so important to be in the present moment you know what i mean but like that's the one like you need to take that like that quick second to just be like okay you know, and just really take it in because I don't know, like for me, it's like, it's those little things right now. And it's, it's that little excitement, you know, and it's, it's the, I think we'll all get to that back to that spot after all this, where things are really exciting, you know, and we are feeling that sense of, of happiness again with, you know, like doing things in life and going out, et cetera, et cetera. But 
in the meantime, like just look for those little things that will make you happy, you know, watch those TV shows or, the, you know, those little comedy specials or, you know, go do those little workout routines or I don't just do something that'll make you feel that like a little bit of joy, you know, yeah. and just hold on to it for that moment and just cherish it, you know, because you deserve to feel that everyone deserves to feel that happiness. I think if we could feel that all the time, it'd be amazing, <laughs> you know, but the reality is, is we don't, you know, yeah. and life does happen. So just take it and cherish it. And it probably wouldn't be helpful if we do feel it all the time. Cause then we, that also then just starts numbing, right? Like yep. we start, a lot of us do want to chase that. Like, Oh, we do want to have to be happy all the time. You know, this pursuit of happiness in America. Yeah. And, and then we end up like suppressing everything else. And then there's no like contrast with, with what even joy means anymore. Right. Yep. Um, and then what I also heard is like, really embracing that and cherish that because I think not enough of us really like celebrate or mm -hmm. or just like um you know find the great the gratitude within it um, exactly. uh and and yeah that's even something I'm I I constantly struggle with like maybe out of lots of other reasons one of them being like this maybe perfectionist nature where I, you know, have to be a certain way or whatever. And, and sometimes I can be really hard on myself. So like just really being able to um, have fun, let go and just, you know, sit with that joy and not feel like bad for that. Right. Let yourself be content. Yeah. You know, it's like what you yeah. said, that perfectionist attitude, like we all get that crap, you know, like we all try to get into that of like, we just need to, this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough, you know, but it's mm -hmm. like, I don't know. We just, we just have to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. It's so important. Yeah. Well, I had a lot of fun doing Me this. Uh, we went over the hour, but uh, it's, it's been good to, to talk through this stuff. Um, lots of interesting topics here uh, and some we didn't even get to, but uh, <laughs> uh, lastly, I guess if, you know, I'll give you the floor, you know, how can people find you? You know, what's, you know, what would be, you know, someone, what would allow someone to reach out to you and, and why they should, uh, yeah, how can people find you? Absolutely. So uh, right now, um, you can find me a few different ways. Um, you can definitely reach out to me also uh, for a few different reasons, but you can find me through my website. It is cclifecoaching.com. Um, that's cc. Um, then you can also find me on, I don't believe you can contact me actually on TikTok, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, because it's a weird messaging thing. You've got to be following each other to message each other kind of social platform. I'm still learning it, but Instagram, you can also reach out to me. Um, you can email me too at cannabis coach at Yahoo. Um, please put in, you know, the subject, give me details with your email. Don't just send a blank email. Um, but you know, people you can do that. <laughs> oh yeah. People do that. Oh, Hey there, Brad. And I'm just like, <laughs> And I don't respond, obviously, and you won't get a response wow. from me, yeah. but um, I don't have time to respond to those. But, you know, definitely um, go check out my website, cclifecoaching.com, and you can see a lot more about what I do on there with coaching. It talks a little more about my life experiences. Um, my social media, again, is very open. and I'm very open on there on a lot of my pictures and videos talking about my past. So you can learn a little more about me. And then please reach out to me if you are interested in a coaching session. Um, Every week's kind of up and down. You know, I was really busy a couple of weeks ago and now I'm not. Um, so me and we can definitely, you know, get something going. 
Um, but if you really feel like you're kind of in that spot right now, I think especially right now is a great time to kind of get your life at least starting to get on that track of like what you want to do, you know, like if you're all home, like I am right now, you know, it's, it's a good time to start looking into schools. You could start looking mm-hmm. into, you know, future jobs, career paths. Like there's, there's a lot we could do right now, you know? So, um, it's a great time for people to really try to start improving their lives. Yeah. So totally. please reach out to me if any of that interests you. <laughs> and you definitely should. I mean, and there's again, right. Like we, this is, a lot of times we're like in this space where it's like, Oh, I wish I did have the time to like really prioritize myself or like do all the things that I care about. And so this is the time the world literally is taking a pause for us to, um, to, to be okay. Like focusing on ourselves for a bit. So right. Life, life is not about right now, just being on your phone on the couch all day. There's so many people that are just doing that. And yeah. Like really, really take this time, guys, because I promise you in like three months from now, when we're back to like real life, you're going to be like, I wish I did. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're all going to miss this. You know that. We're all working 40 hours a week again. You always want what you can't have, right? (laughs) Yeah. So just enjoy it. Enjoy the moment while you can take advantage of this. Reach out to people like me and Victor, you know, like you and, and, you know, get, get the help that you need because you deserve it. Everybody deserves it deserves to live that life that they've always wanted to yeah awesome yes <laughs> uh always awesome to connect with another coach and another yes. cannabis lover uh <laughs> so um thank you again for coming on and i'll i'll share all those details in the show notes so thank awesome you thank you for having me thank you thank you for listening to this episode with my guest bradley king I hope you got a lot of insights out of this episode for yourself. Um, Maybe even any beliefs or perspectives that were challenged uh, or any, again, new realizations. If you did, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me on Instagram at humanuppodcast, either commenting on one of my posts or sending me a DM. I'd love to hear, again, any realizations that you might have had or um, just your perspective on this podcast, this show. Otherwise, you can actually connect with me live in one of my workshops that I'll be hosting every other Saturday on Zoom at 7 p.m. Pacific. Um, This is a workshop, as I was mentioning in the beginning, all about cannabis wellness and combining that with our emotional intelligence and a more mindful practice to help us find clarity in our next steps in our lives, to help uncover any blind spots that we might have in who we are and what we want to do, but also to connect with others and just hang out and sesh and have a productive conversation. So if that sounds interesting to you, you can register for free at bit.ly slash Kenna Connections. So B-I-T dot L-Y slash Kenna Connections, all one word. Um, The link is also in the show notes. So don't hesitate to reach out on any of those platforms. Um, But if not, no worries. I will catch you back here on this podcast next Monday.